Hello all and welcome to 56th episode of Snippets. As it is said that cataract is bread and butter for an ophthalmic surgeon. So this episode we will be discussing the preoperative evaluation of a patient for cataract surgery. And for this we have with us Dr. Anand who is a senior consultant in the department of cataract and IOLs in Shankaranitralaya Chennai. Welcome sir. And over to you. The topic being discussed today is systemic and ocular considerations during preoperative evaluation of cataract surgery. Starting with the systemic considerations, beginning with the history, it's important to note the onset, the progress of diminution of vision, when the patient started wearing glasses, any previous refraction records, any chronic redness which may have indicated uveitis in the past, any discharge from the eye, trauma in the past, any ambulopia treatment, any previous eye surgery, refractive surgery. Uh, which may require newer dbr formulas for iol power calculation or any history of retinal laser treatment any chronic cough or fever or recent covid infections and also we have to ascertain if the patient can lie flat for 30 minutes without being claustrophobic and any backache has to be assessed also to be assessed is the patient has any infected open wound or any uh, gastrointestinal infection or urinary tract infection regarding the past medical history Uh, diabetes mellitus has to be assessed with control of HbA1c paramount hypertension control very important maximum allowed before cataract surgery is around 170 by 100 mm of mercury ischemic heart disease has to be assessed and uh, the angina should be stable and the patient should be asked to bring their glyceryl trinitrate spray with them seizures if not well controlled may require general anesthesia any mental health issues have to be addressed prior to cataract surgery CVAs better to wait 6 months and uh, myocardial infarction better to wait 6 months to 1 year after the episode before considering cataract surgery bronchial asthma we instruct the patients to bring their inhalers along with them and also to be noted are the HIV and Hep B status of the patient and also any parkinson's tremor tremors excessive we might consider general anesthesia nervous or anxious patients might need anxiolytics the previous day or intravenous sedation in theater drugs we need to assess if the patient is any on any antiplatelet treatment like aspirin dipermanomol uh, clopidogrel or warfarin and if the patient is on warfarin the inr has to be adjusted to between 2 and 2.5 any steroid treatment which may affect the wound healing or immunosuppressants that the patient may be on for rheumatoid arthritis for example and also we have to check if the patient has been on any alpha blockers like urimax which may cause floppy iris syndrome and problems during surgery also to be checked are if the patient is in, on any glaucoma therapy like pilocarpine which causes a non dilating pupil and uh, prostaglandin inhibitors which are to be avoided post operatively allergy we have to note if the patient is allergic to any uh, dilation drops and consider alternatives like cyclopentylate or homotropine in case of allergy to tropicamide also to be checked are any sulfonamide allergies because patients may cross react with acetazolamide which we frequently give in the perioperative period ocular factors to be assessed beginning with the lids we check for any entropion ectropion blepharitis meibomian gland disease calasia trichiasis ptosis or proptosis all these factors need to be treated beforehand the adnexa needs to be checked for roplas and in one eye patients oh, we have to do a conjunctival swab for culture sensitivity and syringing the eye itself check for any squint or ambliopia risks of post operative diplopia in a recent squint have to be explained to the patient cover tests need to be done 
and uh, nystagmus has to be checked. There is a congenital nystagmus. There is a good possibility that the patient may end up poor vision even after cataract surgery. Extraocular movements have to be assessed. Deep set eye may warrant a temporal incision. Any head tremors to be noted and obese patients with a short neck will have an increased uh, incidence of positive vitreous pressure. So we have to take care with such patients and um, any patients with ankylosing spondylitis with poor head positioning may need special consideration. Any previous retinal detachment surgery with banding or any filtering bleb have to be noted, getting previous glaucoma surgery and we have to think of reciting the cataract surgery main wound. Also to be uh, treated are any active episcleritis or scleritis and uh, we have to defer cataract surgery until these are fully treated. The cornea we have to assess the tear film necessary with the Shermer's test and uh, note any pre-existing scars in the visual axis, any recent viral infections or herpes simplex keratitis which may flare up in the post-operative period because we give fairly heavy dose of topical steroids post-operatively and uh, pterygia with significant astigmatism has to be noted, corneal thinning, cornea gatata and fuchs corneal dystrophy have to be noted and if these are found then they may a patient may need pachymetry and specular microscopy and consideration for a soft shell technique during cataract surgery. Any previous radial keratotomy has to be noted and also the degree of astigmatism has to be noted to guide the incision site or to consider toric IOLs. Any previous refractive surgery that may have been done uh, may, may need corneal topography now. Check the astigmatism. Tonometry has to be checked uh, to rule out glaucoma. Anterior chamber has to be checked for any sign of activity like flare and cells because we don't want to operate in an inflamed eye. And the depth of the anterior chamber has to be noted. Any turbidity which may be seen in phacolytic glaucoma in very shallow ACs, you have to consider preoperative IV mannitol which may be required to get the necessary space in the anterior chamber. Iris has to be checked for any peripheral iridectomy, uh, the degree of dilation that may necessitate pupil expansion devices uh, that may be required in such cases of poor dilation, any posterior sinecae that may need posterior sinecolysis and also posterior sinecae may indicate previous uveitis. So uvia opinion may be required in case the patient needs any pre-operative oral steroids or topical steroids. Also, the iris has to be checked for any previous stroma or iridodialysis, any neovascularization, RAPD check has to be done and um, any atrophic pupillary rough has to be noted because that may indicate that the pupil may not dilate well during surgery and any coloboma has to be noted. Gonioscopy uh, needs to be done to check the angle for new vessels if required or uh, feasibility for dilation, any trauma causing angle recession has to be noted. Lens examination should show the grading of the cataract and the severity and renaissance and any pseudo exfoliation, any subluxation or dislocation will be noted. Total cataract and the degree of intumescence has to be noted. Any rosette shape cataract might indicate old trauma. Posterior subcapsular cataracts may be noted. Posterior polar cataracts may be noted and may need a vitroretinal cover during surgery. Morgagnian cataracts or any phacolytic glaucoma has to be noted. Decision has to be made at this stage whether it is safer to perform extracapsular cataract extraction or small incision cataract surgery or phacoemulsification. Any phacodonesis should be noted and the necessity of any zonular tension ring has to be assessed at this time. For patients with total cataracts, we usually do an ultrasound B scan and a perception of light and projection of light assessment 
especially when there's no fund as view. Cataract is not matching the degree of drop in the visual equity. We have to consider PAM testing. Vitreous has to be assessed for any pre-existing posterior vitreous detachment, any silicone filled eye indicating previous vitreoretinal surgery and previously vitrectomized eye will be noted at this stage. Dilated fundoscopy has to be carried out to indicate any old laser treatment, example macular laser or panretinal photocoagulation or lattice degeneration, which may need prophylactic barrage laser treatment, any macular hole that may need concurrent vitreoretinal procedures with cataract surgery, macular scars, epiretinal membranes, macular edema have to be checked, age-related macular degeneration or choroidal neovascular membranes can be noted and assessed with OCT or OCTA or FFA assessment and retina opinion has to be sought. Any pre-existing retinal detachment may be noted and any vein occlusion, central retinal vein occlusion, central retinal artery occlusion may be assessed at this time. And uh, we have to plan for any concurrent therapy like intravitreal tramcinolone or anti-VEGF injections which may be required in conjunction with cataract surgery. Any posterior staphyloma has to be noted as that may make assessment of the axial length difficult. Optic nerve has to be assessed for optic atrophy or glaucomatous cupping, which may need pachymetry, visual fields to rule out glaucoma. To end with, we have to have a discussion with the patient whether the visual disability is significant enough to cause limitation to activities of daily living or whether they can overcome uh, their disability with a mild change of uh, glasses temporarily if that's what they wish. We have to discuss the overall procedure of cataract surgery briefly with the patient, give them realistic expectations and discuss post-op for reading glasses if opting for monofocal lenses, possibility of leaving the second eye slightly myopic in case of monovision is the aim and the possibility of post-operative anisometropia in high order refractive errors with cataract surgery in only one eye and a clear lens in the other, sometimes necessitating clear lens extraction in the second eye. Premium IOLs and extended depth of focus IOLs have to be discussed at this stage if the patient is opting for them. Also, if the patient is opting for local anesthesia, topical anesthesia or general anesthesia, these decisions have to be made at this time. Informed consent and explanation of the possibility of very rare adverse events has to be mentioned to the patient. Uh, but not to frighten them, but to usually say that it's usually a straightforward procedure. We have to also mention to the patient that there may be need for suture removal in case of extra capsular cataract extraction. And that uh, suture removal may be delayed for about six to eight weeks after cataract surgery. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. Next week, we'll be back again with an episode on oculomotor nerve palsy. Till then, stay tuned, stay safe. Bye-bye.